This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. This is our 99th year of helping men, women, and children uh, have transformative lives and and become successful. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president. And February, coming up just uh, tomorrow, is a very special month. That means that I have been here 30 years uh, as in one form or another going back into the early 90s. I can't believe it. I have to pinch myself that 30 years has gone by. Uh, some of you may have heard my story before that's listened to this program, but I also was a person that was homeless and in need and come through the doors in 1990. So actually, I've been at the mission since 1990. That makes it 31 years. And it's a that's a historical thing. Before I came to the mission, my life was upside down. I didn't keep a job long. I had success. I had failure like so many people, but I didn't have a purpose in life. And I'm so grateful for the direction that I received here and the relationship I have with the Lord Jesus Christ and the differences made in my life. So good morning again. Uh, we're heading into February, just a blink. Already the whole month has gone by. What a month it has been. Uh, full of surprises, full of uh, anxiety. It continues on into, since 2020. We've seemed to have the same kind of uh, challenges in 2021. Uh, but I do believe together, and with God's blessing and help that we're going to get through this as a nation, as a, as a world community, uh, better things are yet to come. I'm telling everyone that I run into that I still believe that the best is yet to come. It may not be, you know, in June or July of this year, but we need to be people of faith that look to God and to look to one another to help one another. You know, during crisis, that's when people are at its, they're, they're at their best usually. That's when people care about people. And, and I'm telling you, uh, during the holiday season, in starting back in October, November, December, uh, here we are. COVID is running rampant in our community. Uh, our services have been curtailed because of social distancing. We're going through the testing process. We have to do the temperatures and the checks. Uh, we just can't let anyone into the buildings. That includes people that are coming off the street. Those are volunteers and even our own staff. Uh, during last summer, we had tremendous amount of uh, positive cases. Uh, praise the Lord that we only lost one person. That's still sad, but we did lose one person. Uh, many of the homeless that we minister to had to be relocated into hotels. And I'm so grateful for the Broward Homeless Initiative Partnership and for the Miami-Dade Homeless Trust uh, that really rose to the occasion and was able to provide these hotel rooms at great cost. But people need to be secluded. And the hotel rooms, by the way, that we had to put people into uh, were not the kind of hotels that had central air they had to have their own uh, old-fashioned individual AC units. So uh, we got through all that. And then when the holidays came, I thought, you know, people are COVID fatigued. Uh, you know, we've heard the great need. Uh, many businesses are shut down. They weren't operating. People were unemployed. Uh, people did not have the funds that they would normally have to be able to give. But during the crisis, 
Uh, we are just so, so, so very thankful that uh, thousands and thousands of people went to our website and made donations and thousands more continue to donate food items and clothing. We had our PPE uh, protection equipment that was given to us, uh, the elegant family that's been very close to us and helped us in many Thanksgiving uh, outreaches. Uh, he was able to work with the company and got us thousands and thousands of, of paper masks. And, you know, we're going to go through those. You only can use them uh, for a few days. And so I, my eyes, even though I've been here for 30 years and have seen the kindness and the compassion and generosity of people, it just brightened my heart. And, and during everything that we're going through, and there's a lot of logistics, uh, you are going through this yourself. Uh, people that have children work to, uh, dealing with going to school or not going to school, homeschooling and distance learning. And part of our ministry, uh, people don't realize this, but many years ago, uh, we were helping kids uh, on an out-of-school program, and that evolved, involved. And then we spun off uh, with Miss Marty Steinberger, a board member of the uh, Miami Rescue Mission, but now an own 5013C called Care Elementary. It's Christian Academy to Reach Excellence. Uh, they spun off. It's in our community activity center in downtown Miami, right across from one of our main centers. And uh, here they are. Uh, what are they going to do? You know, a lot of the kids that they're helping and are enrolled are in really economically struggling families. And so we had they had to get around and get laptops and, and tablets and things so they could do their work. And then what do we do about families that uh, don't have the internet access and so on. So it was very, very much challenging. But you and others that are listening have gone through these challenges. And then we have relatives. You know, how sad it is when people lose a relative and they can't even attend uh, the, the hospital or, or the the um, the service itself, the funeral service is so much different, especially if you had to travel. So we've gone through a lot. But I, again, from the bottom of my heart and from and I speak on behalf of all the homeless and our staff and people that we deal with every day. Thank you for caring about those in great need. We are still experiencing homelessness. I look into the little crystal ball and I believe because of the way the economy is and because of unemployment and the uncertainty, even with the vaccine rolling out, it's going to be months and months and months and months until we get to that herd immunity, uh, that we're, we're going to have people uh, experiencing homelessness on a grand scale. We're already getting upticks uh, since last year uh, through our email system and our contact information. Help me. I've never been homeless. I've got two kids. I've lost my job. I did have unemployment, but now I don't have that. And, and just story after story after story after story, even with the no eviction policies and so on, people are facing really tough times. You know, you can make a, a, a such a difference, and especially in our month of February. We call it our Heart for the Homeless Month. You know, Valentine's Day is on February 14th. We're going to have special uh, parties and, and gatherings during that time. Of course, all done with uh, abundance of precaution and have the right social distancing and all the protocols in the place. Uh, but we're getting pretty good at that because we've done our great Thanksgiving outreach where we did covered meals to be given away. And then we had our great Christmas outreach where over 700 families were blessed with toys and food and items and Christmas Christmas trees and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and so we want to really make February 14th special for our people that are in our programs. That's in our centers in Broward and in Miami. And so the, during the whole month, it's actually our heart for the homeless. And you can make a great big difference for $2.10, you know, less than a cup of coffee in many places. You can provide a hot, nutritious meal for someone uh, who needs help that's, that's coming to one of our programs and they are actually working on themselves. 
You know, it takes a lot of work. If you want to go on a diet, if you want to get healthier, if you want to make a lifestyle change in your own life, you know it takes dedication. Uh, you can have people around you that encourage you. You can have the right resources. You may have the right tools. But if you don't use them, you are not going to change. And right now, uh, statistically in America, uh, that most resolutions that were started in the first year are already abandoned. You know, the health club membership starts skyrocketing. I, do, I guess not this year with COVID, uh, but people make this decision. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to get healthier. And uh, it just falls away. And that's the same thing when people, men or women, they come into our program. Uh, they have the right attitude. They say, you know, I want to uh, better myself. And then, then they see the delicious food that they're given. They have a beautiful place to stay. Uh, they don't have to worry about their clothing, their hygiene products, any of that. And, and yet it still takes determination on them. But you can help in that thing, $2.10. So for $21, you can help uh, with 10 meals. Go to caringplace.org slash heart. That's caringplace.org slash heart and, and help us. You know, you become a monthly giver. There's a box here you can do a monthly giver. Maybe you can do $10 a month and really help those in the greatest of need. Another way you can help, maybe you don't have the finances right now, is that you can become a part of our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. Every, every year at this time of the year, we have a hygiene drive. And this is uh, where you go to our, our website at caringplace.org slash mission hope. That's caringplace.org slash mission hope. We will send you purple bags that say mission hope on them and you fill them with hygiene products, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, razors, deodorant, a little washcloths, uh, shampoo and so on. And we use these items all during the year. You know, we're serving right now. We used to be a thousand. We're down to about 700 people every single day, but we still need those items. We give them out during our outreaches. And can you imagine not having the ability to brush your teeth or wash your face? So two ways to help us, caringplace.org slash heart and then caringplace.org slash mission hope. Well, God bless you. We've got a great program and stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Well, once again, we're at that part of the program where we get to talk to people who are making a difference in our community. And I'm so glad I have a young person with me. Um, in fact, I think she's part of the Gen Z, you know, that generation there. So she's even younger than a millennial. And she is actually a master's, uh, getting her master's at University of Miami right now, currently. And she's also a volunteer with the Miami Rescue Mission. I have with me Haley Walker. Thank you for being with us today on the program. No, thank you so much for having me. It's just a blessing to be here, being able to just talk to you all and be able to deliver and share my services and share my love for God with uh, people who are also share their love for God and love to share it with the community. So, thank well, you tell us me. a little bit about your background and. Uh, Wow, you just impressed me just as soon as you opened up your mouth. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you. Well, my name is Haley Walker. I am 22 years old, um, and I just wanted to really come on here and share my testimony. Um, it was 2018, if you can put yourself in that place, and I was really running from God. And um, I was on my own, living in Gainesville, um, doing some research, and I got caught up with marijuana. And I was at a place where I was smoking all the time and um, I really became overcome by it. And I really got into a place where 
the marijuana really took over me. And if anybody uh, was a previous smoker, you know that if you smoke too much, you can get overwhelmed and get to a place of panic. And I got to that place of panic and I thought my life was over. Mm. Um, from that point on, I kept experiencing trauma from that. I would be completely living in fear. And it was like when I closed my eyes, I was scared I wouldn't wake up because I was in fear that, you know, I wouldn't wake up from being fearful of my breathing and fearful of, you know, what had happened in that moment of trauma. Um, I got back to school 2019 and um, I, I mean, 2018, I continued to go to school and um, my friend, one of my friends um, tried to get me to come to church with her. And I was like, OK, you know, I'll go to church with you. And when I got there, the address she sent me was not the same church that she was at. It was a church, but it wasn't the church she was at. Oh, how weird. I know. Right. So I go, I go in because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to church. Give it a, give it a try. You know, I was raised in church, but really getting back to it was something that I was missing. So I go in and um, it was a day where they weren't actually having church. It was just a, a day of like. Um, fun festivities. So I go in and, um, I tell the pastor, he was like, you know what? You should come to another one of my services. I want you to, you know, come to my service. So I was like, okay, I'll come back. The next Sunday, um, another one of my friends asked me to go to church with her. I go to church with her and it was a different church than the one I just went to, but I did get something out of that. And, um, but I still knew in the back of my head, this pastor wanted me to come to his church. Fast forward two weeks, three weeks later, it's been about three weeks since I've been to that church. And something in my heart was like, Haley, you are going to get up early. You are going to go to his church and you are going to hear what he has to say. So I go to church. And guys, when I tell you that it was nothing but the Lord that sent me there. Mm. Oh, like I'm getting overwhelmed mm-hmm. just talking about it because God is so good. So. I go to church, I sit down and you know when that sometimes when you go to church, the message can just be just for you. Oh, yes. When I tell you it was a message designed just for me, I go in. he's talking. The pastor starts preaching on. I can't even remember exactly, but he starts talking and he's telling basically, you know, kind of what I've been telling you guys. You've been running for God from God. You think you're saved. You think you've been doing all the right things and you haven't. And when I tell you, he said something that stuck with me for the rest of my life. And I was like, there's no way nobody could ever knew what I was going through. He said, somebody in the church is experiencing night trauma. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Guys, when I tell you that I was just over overjoyed with the Holy Spirit, I was filled. And when I, when I felt that, you know, nobody could have known that I didn't share it with anybody, Mm. nobody. And the fact that God gave it to him to speak that to me. And I've been running from that church for the past four weeks. And he's been calling me to come to that church. And I finally got there and listened to him. And on that day, on that day, That's when I was like, there's no one can ever tell me that God isn't real. Amen. Amen. So, well, um, you did not let grass grow under your feet. No, I mean, you you must have surrendered at that time. Of course. And uh, so now you're a university student. You're doing your master's degree. Yes, ma'am. And and during the pandemic, I mean, maybe kind of bring this all together. How do you keep going on when it seems like, okay, you are starting to be on track, but now the world's all off track. Uh, I know. So I will say what really has kept me grounded is just the fact that 
I'm learning so much more about who God is and how none of this is for no reason. You know, in this period of pandemic, it has allowed a lot of people to put their jobs aside and focus so much on their families. It has allowed people to do and go into different career paths, you know, and just explore their creativity. And I just see that as just a place of just, you know, he wanted us to really stop and like listen and just, mm. you know, so I just see that as a place of, you know, it's it's growth in the in the valley. All right. And we always say we we know that God doesn't cause the bad things that happen, but he uses the bad things sometimes uh, to get a message to us. Amen. He does. Yes. He now, does. how in the world you're, you know, you just impressed me so much. You're <laughs> young Z generation here. And why are you volunteering also? I don't even know if you have time to do that. You're volunteering at the Miami Rescue Mission. Uh, yes. Um, I, I just love giving back and, Really, it comes from a place of there were some things that nobody told me or some things that I could have done that somebody, you know, there's things that people could have done to help me. And I just would love to be able to be that type of person for somebody else that I once needed. So just being here and really what my focus intends to be when I'm here is the education and um, women and children. Okay. Um, I haven't exactly got to get into that exactly yet because I'm yes. still new, but just being able to help wherever I'm needed is just, you know, exactly what I want to do. Well, you know, even today, and today's kind of a little bit different because you're actually volunteering at the mission, doing something that has nothing to do with what you want to do. Right. But there was a big need, and we started calling volunteers and basically begging them to come in and help us sort mail. Well, that's not really that interesting. That's not, I call, that's not very sexy, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not the, you know, like the, wow, I really feel like I gave back. But yeah. see, you didn't know no. that also that you're in the department where we do the radio and I met right. you and I said, hey, listen, would you, who would like to be on the radio? <laughs> well, we'll, you know, we'll uh, record you. Yeah. And you put up your hand and said you wanted to do it. So you got a, a I think an extra blessing and we got an extra blessing <laughs> for having you. Yes. Thank you so much. You know, that was actually a story that's been sitting on my heart for a while. And I actually never got to a place where I could really share it. So just being here in this environment and you even giving me that opportunity, I know it was for no reason. But if you hadn't said, yes, I'll take the boring job. <laughs> Right. Of sorting mail. Amen. Because, you know, I, there's a lot of people. Our volunteer coordinator called a lot of people and said, would you help an admin at sorting? Oh, well, I don't think that's something I want to do. I mean, I'm not against them, but I'm just saying. Right. It just wasn't the, you know, the most interesting thing to come do. Right. But it was a great, a, a really big need here at the mission. We, we have end of year statements. We have to give mm -hmm. them out and it's a mass. And so it really needed a lot of people. I was on the phone, man. I was calling. <laughs> I didn't call you, but uh, you some ways responded to something. Right. And no. now oh. I got to meet you. It's crazy because actually I've been looking for you guys' emails and I haven't got any emails about volunteering. So what actually happened? I on Monday evening i sent leanne an email about can i come volunteer so oh, oh well, perfect it's, it's again really it's a god all, thing all. that's what we're going to end with right. it's a god thing well thank you Amen. Haley walker for sharing your bright and wonderful testimony we love hearing from young people and we're going to have you back again <laughs> thank you thank you for being a wonderful life changer in our community god bless you Bye bye
Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I'm so excited. We have on the phone with us today Ingrid Jolie, Executive Director for Fashion Night on Brickle. Welcome to the show, Ingrid. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Tell me about what you're doing, but before you tell me all about it, I want to thank you once again for not only putting this massive, beautiful, creative event together, but also thinking about, you know, helping us by benefiting with, uh, you know, some of the proceeds from your event. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And now tell our listeners what exactly you are you doing, Fashion Night on Brickle. Well, Fashion Night on Brickle is going to be is creating a new idea of how to help others. So, Having said that, the Jolie Foundation, which is us, uh, the Jolie family, uh, are putting together Fashion Night on Brickle, but this time we're going away from Brickle and going into Miami Beach. So it's going to be Fashion Extravaganza Tour at Dia Dia Restaurant. Absolutely. And this Villa, Dia, I should say, um, yes, so Dia. what is the date, the time, and the address for the event? So the event is going to be in Dia, and their address is 1766 Bay Road, Miami Beach. And the event is going to be from 6 to 9. I love it. I told you this before. So refreshing. Exactly what our city needs right now. Events like this that we can actually go out and enjoy, right? So thank you so much for that as well. So this is on a Friday, Friday, February 5th at 6 p.m. It has been a Friday for nine years. (laughs) I love it. And you've been doing it for nine years. Thank you for saying that because I know you mentioned to me before uh, during another interview that we did that so you're doing it for nine years, but you always pick an organization to help. Am I right? That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, different organizations, recent different costs. Uh, we had helped um, the Bahamas when there was a problem there. Uh, we helped uh, children in need, immigrants. We help uh, autism. So it's all different every year. And this one is more, this year is going to be even better because of what's going on with the pandemic. And so, pe- so many people are losing their jobs. So why not do it for Miami Rescue Mission? Thank you so much. I mean, the homeless and hungry men, women, and children that are served in our centers, we we thank you so much collectively for for what you're doing. Now, for our listeners, I know they cannot wait to hear where can I get the tickets for this event. So how can they find you, the website, the Facebook, and the the Instagram? So all our websites, uh, all of Facebook, Instagram is Fashion Adam Brickle. Where to get the tickets? You go to Fashion Adam Brickle and click on Get Tickets. FashionAdamBrickle.com. We have all the tickets there. If you want to be a sponsor, if you want to make a donation because you cannot make it, it is all in one in the same place. I love it. Fashion Night on Brickle. You can check them out on Facebook, Instagram. You can go to their website. I already did. Super easy. Uh, you go in. You, you'll see immediately the fact that you can get your tickets or being a sponsor or even making a donation like, you know, like Ingrid just mentioned. So please do something um, for yourself, right, and also to help those in the community. So all of our listeners uh, go to um, fashion night on That's correct. To, to get the tickets and for more information. I'm seeing it. I posted it today in our very own social media for Facebook. I know the media department is going to share that on, on Instagram. 
Ingrid, I want to thank you again and again, your family, for doing this. Tell them the website one more time. Fashionoutofrecord.com for tickets and for information and to join us on that day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for what you're doing to help others in the community. We can do it without you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye. Well, once again, I'm Marilyn Brummett, and it's that time in our program where we listen to a life-transforming testimony and story of our men and women. Today, I have one of our men uh, from our men's program, and his name is Jeffrey. I'm so happy you are here today and willing to tell your story. I know it's not easy, so welcome uh, to the program, Jeffrey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's go back in time, Jeffrey. Uh, let's go back to, to something in your life and maybe the catalyst where you feel like it maybe eventually led you to the mission. But uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, well, my name is Jeffrey. Uh, born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, first nine years of my life, all I knew was the church. I went to Sanctified Church, Baptist Church, four or five days a week. So it was instilled in me to love God, worship God, follow God. So that was basic rule that stayed in me all my life. So I go back to around, I stayed with a, matter of fact, I stayed with a pastor for two and a half years, off and on. Mm-hmm. The pastor of my church, they let, used to let me stay there with him three or four days a week. And um, when I got six years old, I had to start school and I left, I stopped going to the house which is a thing occurred in my life would really transform me a whole lot more. At six years old, I went to school. The first day of school, I came down with the chicken pops. Mm. That was a Monday. And Wednesday, I came down with the mumps. Oh, my goodness. And I went to the doctor, and I had 102 fever. And the doctor said, you know, at your age with this kind of fever, you come down with brain damage. And um, the pastor and his wife, from my church, came to the hospital, prayed for me. They let me out, and on uh, Friday, I came out with the measles. Oh, my goodness. So in one week, I had the chicken pops, the mumps, and the measles. Huh. I had a hundred two fever for of. like four days, and but prayer got me through it. So there's power in prayer. Mm-mm-mm. And, um, and I got the nine years old. I got baptized, which was another turning point. And um, after I got baptized, crazy thing is my mom came down with brain meningitis. Mm. And my father worked a night shift, so my brothers and I was always running the screw on the youngest. So it was upon me to get up to go to school in the morning. But before I go to school, I had to get her coffee, get her pills, make sure she all right, and all the good stuff, which was a good thing because... I feel like your your mom is your first teacher. Yes. While you're in the womb, whatever she do, that, that trains you to do the same thing in your life. So it was instrumental. So what? as you're older, what, what happened? Uh, as I got older, I got involved in stuff that caused crime and got in some stuff. I got in some mess. I've been to prison three times, so. Was that because of peer pressure or what really caused you to go down that path? Uh, I have a term I use, and I'm not trying to slight nobody, but I believe it was predestined because it wasn't no peer pressure. Well, I put it like this here. 
my mom, when she came out brain, brain meningitis, she couldn't work no more. Mm -hmm. So I had to do certain things to help pay the bill, make the slack because my brothers wouldn't and my father, you know, he, he was a drinker. So that came, that became primary in his life, drinking. Mm -hmm. We became secondary. So there was times when the lights went off and I wasn't cool with that because you know, when you're young and stuff happened in your life, you become taunted by other kids. So I had to do something that I wasn't happy with and wasn't pleased with, but it was necessary to help pay some bills. And Okay, so you had some hard choices at a very young age. Yes, ma'am. That kind of maybe led you to maybe making money in the wrong way. Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, we're uh, unfortunately, we have a break. Um, we don't want to miss Jeffrey's story, so he has more. I mean, he's he's kind of painted a picture as to what his life was in the beginning and what kind of led him to make choices that were not so good. So... Don't turn that dial. We'll be back in just a moment with more of Jeffrey's story. Well, I'm glad you stay tuned. And uh, if you just tuned in, we're listening to the story of Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey is telling his story of how he actually started as a very young child um, on the right path. He had a godly mom, a godly pastor. Uh, but um, there were other family members that were also in a different realm that had influence on you. And so let's pick up the story there. Um, you needed money to help take care of mom, and then you had a family member that, how did he influence you? Well, um, he was in the heavyweight, and uh, he was giving me a $250 allowance. That he was in the drug business. Yes, he was, in, he was heavily. And, um, so he looked like he was the good guy giving you $250 a week to help take care of mom, but where was that money coming from? And that was the, that was right, the issue. Right, right. And being an inquisitive kid I was, I had to investigate to, to make sure where it was coming from because I know you had, you raised up, you know, all money and good money. So I investigated, found out where it was coming from. And I wasn't, I mean, it didn't deter me at all. And as he was giving me the two hundred fifty dollars allowance every week, my uncle asked me, "Why don't I get some drugs for him?" And they were like, "Yeah, I know he'll give it to you." And I was maybe eleven years old at the time, and um, I went to him and I asked him. I said, "Well, would you give me something so I could sell?" He like, "If I give you something, you know, you you go. I'm gonna change your life forever because if I give it to you now, you're gonna be a part of my lifestyle. So he wound up giving me a, a, a nice quantity. I took it back to my uncle. He bagged it up, sold some, uh, used some, uh, but the people in the projects where I was staying at Scott Project, it was some of the best stuff out there. So while he was doing what he was doing, he had to come back to me about it following week, and they were like, "Man, people like it. Why don't you just start getting some and?" I'll sell it for you. So anyway, it led you into that. And that was a lot of years. And you were with some high-powered drug people that if we actually said the names, everybody would go. Uh, but it, it could be a TV show, right? You're telling me a little bit off air. So we really can't go into that. But it did not lead into a good place. Instead, it led to where? Prison. Yes. Yes, it, it, it led me to prison. And prior to me going to prison, um, I, I, I was I was making, I was like a Fortune 500 country, real talk. Yeah. 
And, um, but you know, just on the wrong side of the law. Right. And, and, and there's nothing free in this world. You know, I wasn't happy with what I was doing, but I was happy taking mothers off welfare and doing something good, doing something constructive. Because yeah. it seemed like that you were helping people, but the problem is you're doing it off the backs of right. people that are addicted, and then that's not good. Yes, ma'am. So in prison, though, something miraculous happened. You rededicated your life back to the Lord. You yes, started ma'am. taking some, I'm just going to say it so we can get it in here, um, Jamie P. Gillis um, Bible course. Uh, yes. In prison, you got like 12 certificates. You yes, were ma'am. really into it. For two and a half years, I took that course. So you really were making a change in prison. Yes, ma'am. So when you came out, now in prison, you had actually seen in the library, you said you actually saw the right. Miami Rescue Mission. Right. But I when see. you came out, you had to help mom again. Yes, yes, so, yes. So you're back so, with mom. Yes, I came back to help my mom again. And um, she wound up passing away and and first thing came to my mind was let's get back to the church where I could get my foundation, get built back up, stay strong. And I went to a neighbor and she told me about the rescue mission. So I came there, paid a visit, got in. Now I'm back on track. Got God in my life. I'm recommitted to God. So it's a great thing. You know, you really could be a TV. We we couldn't get it all in, but you could be a, a TV show. You, could, you, you need to write your book. Oh. You, Maybe. Yeah, you Maybe. need you need to do that. You need <laughs> you need to write it down because it was just too much for our particular little program here. But Jeffrey, I really believe that God's taking you to a new level, new place. And uh, we want to hear back from you again. Thank you listeners for listening to Jeffrey's story. You know, these stories are real, listener. Um these are happening to our men, women, um, and as they come in, they really do find a new way, a new path. God, it really does make the difference. It fi- it really does fill that God void. So hopefully you have touched someone today to not either give up on someone you're praying for, or maybe it's you yourself that need that change. Remember, the Miami Rescue Mission is here if you need to come. God bless you, Jeffrey, for telling your Thank story. You. Well, how encouraging was to hear from Jeffrey. You know, we're serving hundreds of people every single day, thousands of people during the course of a year. I think last year was over 15,000. And yet it boils down to, you know, what's happening in that one person's life. You know, I don't know about you, but you don't have to be homeless to experience sadness and depression and rejection and hopelessness. Uh, People lose loved ones. Dreams are shattered. Uh, Even right now, maybe you are going through something in your life uh, it could be COVID-related or not COVID-related. You know, we have people that our loved ones pass away. We have people that are very sick. And things sometimes just change on, on, on just boom, just like that. You know, you wake up in the morning, everything's great. And when you go to in the afternoon, you hear some terrible news that shatters your life. And by the way, you know, the Caring Place, we've been taking care of the homeless and needy since 1922. This is our 99th year. But we are also not just a caring place. We are the praying place. And if you find yourself in need of someone to pray for you, and you can do it anonymously, you can go to our website at caringplace.org slash prayer. That's caringplace.org slash prayer. Um, there's only a certain few people that get those emails. You can remain anonymous. Uh, but we like to pray for people. We've been continuing to pray and uplifted our prayers even more during the past course of the last year. Uh, we believe that God answers prayer. And that we we also have to understand that there's forces beyond and above our own abilities uh, that we need to seek out and, and consult and find peace in. So, again, if you find yourself saddened, depressed, 
please go to caringplace.org slash prayer. We'd love to pray with you and for you. So people like Jeffrey that come in, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work on their on their end. They have to make uh, plans. They work with the case managers and the counselors and all the different life skill classes that we have, but it's up to that individual to make that decision to really work on themselves. And you know, if you've tried to change things in your life, be neater, eat better, get more sleep, stop smoking, whatever it is, it can be very, very challenging and difficult. And so we are so grateful when we see people come in that are completely blown away by life. I mean, not just, you know, I, I need a meal. We're talking about severe chronic homelessness, uh, people that have just given up on their life, women that come to us that have been beat and battered for years, that have children uh, and really don't know what to do in life, and then see the sparkle in their eyes start coming and returning and seeing the smiles on their faces and saying that attitude, hey, I can do this, I can make this. And then at the end of the process, one of the greatest things is, is that they reach back and they help somebody else out of the pit of despair and the pit of homelessness. Again, uh, we can't do all the things that we do and we can't help people like Jeffrey without your support and your compassion. So uh, right now in, Jan in February, we have our Heart for the Homeless Month. We've done this for many, many years. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up on February 14th, and we have special programs and activities that we want to make sure everyone in our programs, about 600 people, uh, feel loved. Uh, and 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 uh, they know that people in the community love them and are concerned about them. So you can go to our website at caringplace.org slash heart that's caringplace.org slash heart for two dollars and ten cents less than a cup of coffee in many places you can provide a tremendous meal and also hope and inspiration and for 21 dollars, that's 10 meals I, I believe there's people listening right now i'm going to dream a little bigger that could do five thousand and ten thousand or thousand dollars to help us especially in the, the slumpy uh, winter months and if that's something you can't do right now financially, another way you can help us is to become part of our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. We do this every winter, uh, January, February, March, a little bit into April, where you can go to our website at caringplace.org slash missionhope. That's caringplace.org slash missionhope. This is a hygiene drive, so we'll send you out purple bags, one up to 100, as much as you want to do. And, uh, and as much as your, your group or your organization can do, and you fill them with hygiene products, a soap, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, and so on, and send them back to us or we'll come pick them up. So that's another way you can help us. Go to caringplace.org slash heart to help us financially or caringplace.org slash mission hope and be a, be a hope hygiene drive ambassador. Well, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in this Sunday and tune in next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD. For more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org.